Back in the good old days, I didn't have to agonize over anything because I knew what the fucking state was going to do, but now I don't, so... Welcome to being the newest swing state. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, fuck this shit. I mean, don't fuck this shit. I mean, electoral politics fucking sucks. Truly. Okay. But it's you ready? Yeah. Uh no, I need to start recording. Oh yeah. I have started <laughs> recording. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, we've got the bear, but also Tuning into Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Evangelion 3.0. You cannot redo. Uh, my name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on Twitter at at uh, Roomware Pod. Maybe I don't know. Actually, when you hear this, who knows what tomorrow will bring for Twitter? <laughs> uh, and you can also maybe find the podcast on Twitter at Gay Space Pod. Uh, with me, as always, is my explosive collar wearing co-host August. <laughs> Hello, yes, I'm August. You can find me on the Twitter for now at Harpydora. I'll actually plug my Tumblr. You can find my Tumblr at Strange Harpy. I don't post a lot of original content there, but you're probably used to that by now. Um, mm-hmm. And the explosive collar will go off when I start talking about Minecraft YouTube. So, you know. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> that's just me how like it Masato be. shaking as I hold the button. <laughs> oh boy Uh, (laughs) we're really on one tonight truly um let's see uh let's see cartoon news um what's this one website got for me here there's a new c or new overseer of content for uh disney jr don't give a shit um apparently uh the the one piece movie debuted in north america and is like the second high like the number two movie over the weekend at the box office huh not much for it to compete against right now but like that's yeah. pretty cool had a 9.4 million dollar opening weekend that's not bad for yeah. an anime movie um and it's not like one piece isn't dragon ball z it doesn't have like that same cultural ubiquity i feel like so mm-hmm. um 
apparently the co-director of uh Raya and the Last Dragon is going to helm a your name live action remake a movie that I don't feel like we need a live action remake of but okay your name is not okay <laughs> that's just it's just a slice of, okay I'm just Apparently, uh, My Little Pony has also the studio firm that makes My Little Pony has been purchased by a uh, company called Princess Pictures. Hmm. Purchased from Hasbro. But I don't think they bought My Little Pony. I think they bought the animation studio that makes the current My Little Pony. Okay, okay. Oh, apparently there was a children and family children and family emmys and apparently netflix and disney absolutely cleaned up in it let's see uh let's see what's nominated in in uh best animated series city of ghosts didn't watch it the cuphead show didn't watch it the proud family louder and prouder that's probably good i have not watched uh star trek prodigy either i haven't watched many of these shows oh my god yeah um, ba, 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 ba. Act media. Da, 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 da. There's a thing called Oculus TV. What's Oculus TV? Probably crap. Yeah, probably. Ba, ba. Yep, I don't really. Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't know any of this shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, apparently uh, Amphibia got nominated for uh, Best Writing, which is pretty solid. That's fun. I would give that nod to the Owl House, personally. I like Amphibia quite a bit. I don't know. Don't see any of the big gay ones on here. Emmys. Imagine that. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. August, what have cartoons have you watched this week? Um, well, it was Halloween, so mm -hmm. we did our annual watching of Halloween Town, the first one. Um, it's Halloween Town, the first one. You know, it it's exactly as stupid and charming as it always is. Um, like, incredibly stupid, but still charming. Uh, and we've been watching, uh, and here's where you insert an explosion sound. Um, you know, we've been watching Minecraft YouTube as always. Uh, you know, the crossover <laughs> thing I think I mentioned last time is still going strong. We've also been trying to catch up on uh, a series where they're LARPing as rats in a big household. Um, you know, just normal things, you know. Seems good. Seems 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 normal and good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love LARPing as a rat in a Minecraft mod. Genuinely, I, I would love to play this mod. It looks really fun. Daniel was playing Minecraft the other night and I was like, I was like, hey, buddy, what you doing? He's like, I'll play Minecraft. And he had like a shotgun. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> yeah, modded Minecraft is fucking wild, dude. There's a, a Minecraft mod that lets you play Pokemon. Uh, there's also a, essentially a Harvest Moon Minecraft mod. Um, uh. There's a Minecraft mod that, that basically makes it gritty fantasy. Minecraft is too powerful. It's very powerful. Um... Uh, what was I saying? But yeah, so is anything interesting happening in the happening in the uh, the Minecraft sphere? Um, the or? Empire's Hermitcraft crossover is mm-hmm. honestly a, a pretty big deal. Um, it's been very entertaining watching these two uh, separate like franchises collide in a way that doesn't involve a death game. Um, oh, so they're not playing like a. They're not doing like a Hunger not, Gamesy thing or anything like that. No, they're not. It's just, uh, it's just these uh, her- the Hermitcraft people coexisting with the Empire's people. Uh, okay. So far, so far, um, it's always subject subject to change because all of these people are dramatic bitches. So, so it just takes one person, just kind of like. Uh, I was listen, so. listen, listen. The the most recent Hermitcraft main storyline involved one of the characters being crowned king and going mad with power and carrying around one of the other players' uh, skulls that he would talk to periodically, like Gollum with the ring. So you know, they're they're just they're dramatic bitches. That's pretty fun. Um, I was uh, watching. What was it? Um. had something i just i just know that like the like those hunger game style uh those hunger game style things are popular mostly from watching daniel play minecraft i've literally never played minecraft in my whole life um (laughs) i looked at it and was like nah, this doesn't seem like a game that i would be very interested in and moved on with my whole life and apparently i was just like the whole rest of the world was like no brian you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, it it depends. Like, I have a hard time with sandbox, make-your-own-fun type games, but mm-hmm. that's when I'm by myself. Like, when I'm playing with other people, it's a lot easier for me to be deeply engrossed in it. And then, like, with Minecraft YouTube, at least the parts of Minecraft YouTube that I frequent, there's there's a lot of, like, theater kid LARPing going on. So mm-hmm. it's it's very entertaining. No, yeah, it makes sense. Like that, like it's one of those things where it's like I can watch Minecraft videos quite a bit. It's just like and I, I in other kind of like open world sandboxy survivaly what have you games. I've always found like I always grade against the the um the like structure because like I'm just I get real bored because uh, I'm a I I, I need. Either if my fr- I need my forever game to be constantly changing or the game needs to have a story. And those are just like the two modes of video game, how I play. Mm hmm. Because mm-hmm. I will play a roguelike for like literally ever, um, but it is different every time I play it. So. <laughs> um, let's see. I have been watching Andor. You should watch Andor August. I know. I know I need to watch Andor. It, I, this 
this isn't just okay so this is one of the greatest star wars things ever created but that's in fact doing it in injustice this is probably one of my new favorite like top three television shows like period like it's like this the wire and deadwood (laughs) yeah i so honestly like my resistance isn't related to it being star wars or anything it's Mm -hmm. It's partly my brain has very specific input that it wants, and right now that input is Minecraft, YouTube, and uh, sapphic space necromancers uh, yeah, in fair. the form of the locked tomb. Um, but also, um, a lot of my time right now is currently being focused on NaNoWriMo. So, That's also very fair. Yeah, so it's like, in all of my spare time, I am either thinking of... Minecraft, YouTube, Locked Tomb, or my original story, so. Gotta replace Minecraft, YouTube with like Andor, so you can be absolutely feral with the rest of us. <laughs> There's, they added real politics and also sex. I, I say real politics. Star Wars has always been a political franchise, whether you want to pretend like it was or not, because George Lucas was pretty intentional about his political leadings in in star wars Mm -hmm. um but like there's like real capital p politics going on in andor and also fucking and we almost saw a whole ass oh shit yeah they didn't show it but it was it was almost there Um, wait who's who's ass did we almost see oh they're they were like getting basically like deloused in prison it was like a you know 50 dudes Uh, All, like, naked in a big group shower. That's less enticing. (laughs) But we did almost see it. That's, like, the closest anything's ever gotten in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, And there's lesbians. They're fraught, but, like, they're there. I love fraught lesbians. See also Mm -hmm. the locked tomb. (laughs) And they're not, like... We're not pretending they're not lesbians either. This isn't like, oh, there's some background characters. They're they're pretty explicit about these two. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Given it's not working out great for them. <laughs> yeah, but also well. they're like uh, fighting a fascistic empire. So, you know. We all know what happens to Andor at the end of this story anyway. So I don't know. <laughs> um... But yeah, it's uh, been pretty fucking good. Let's see. What else the fuck have I watched? Um, The I don't. I'm sure I've watched some ridiculous documentary. I don't know. I've just been like real. Andor has been the thing that has been occupying my brain. Uh, I watched Werewolf by Night. I don't think I talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it since the last time we recorded. I don't think but I watched we talked that werewolf, about it. Yeah. Watch that Werewolf by Night special that was on uh, Disney Plus. It's pretty good. Um, apparently, like, it did really good numbers. And so Disney's going to pursue doing more, like, these, like, hour, hour-ish long specials instead of, like, full. Like, they have, like, a third option between, like, full series and a full movie. And I think that will be good. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, had some great creature effects. Also, Man Thing is in it, and he's pretty dope. I like Man Thing, 
and he looks really good. Like the, the man thing they have in there is pretty sick. And then the werewolf was a lot of practical effects. Uh, so it was like kind of a dude in a suit, basically like a good looking nice. suit, but you know, dude in a suit, a man thing was not a man in the suit, but you also couldn't man thing wouldn't look good <laughs> as a guy in a suit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, cause man thing is like, not like a, it's like a, you know, what a shambling mound is from like dungeons and dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Man thing looks like that unless like a dude, like swamp thing does like man thing looks like foliage. So. Uh, also, he can, like, reduce you to ash if you're afraid of him. Uh, that's just a weird power he has. He murders you with your own guilt or something like that. Um, but that was pretty good. <sighs> Any other shit? I mean, speaking of shit, it's election <laughs> night. Oh, uh, yeah, it is election night. <laughs> uh, which is why I've been drinking since I got off work. <laughs> August lives in a swing state now. I yeah. I can rest comfortably here in hell. Uh, <laughs> August yeah. is burdened with hope. <laughs> yeah. Hope and fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I guess. Unless you've got anything else, I guess it is time to talk about the Evangelion. I believe it's time to talk about Ze Evangelion. So uh, August and I watched this week in our kind of like break period. We watched uh, Evangelion three point. Actually, what we technically watched because you watched it on uh, Amazon, right? Yeah. Okay, we watched technically Evangelion three point three three. You cannot redo. Um, it's slightly different from the theatrical release. It's like a slightly extended cut. I feel like it's only like, it's like a few more minutes long or something like that. Um, 3.33. Oh, it's 3.333. Version film was, oh, it's remastered in 4K. Um, and also they updated some of the CG in it to make it look a little less janky than what the theatrical release looked like because they used yeah. a lot of the the new models from like three point uh, 3.0 plus 1.0. Um, yeah, I thought the CG looked not as janky as 2013 CG should have looked. No, yeah, they uh, they they retouched the CG. Okay, uh, yeah. and frankly. It looks like we'll talk about it, but yeah. it was a good looking fucking movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, directed by Hedekio. Hedekio. Hideakiano. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trying to like combine both of his names, apparently. Um, Mahiro Madia. Madia. Yeah, I think that's how it is. Uh, Kazuya. Uh, Sura, uh, Surumaki, yeah, and, uh, Maya Sayuki, um, based on screenplay by Ano. um, just gonna say Ano. <laughs> um, and also based on the series Neo Genesis Evangelion by Ano. <laughs> what? It came out originally in 2012, and this remastered version came out in 2020. Um, the plot, we kind of pick up 14 years after Evangelion 2.0, um, 
there has been a cataclysmic world event called the Near Third Impact. Uh, we pick up in space where we find Asuka and Mari. They're piloting Evangelions, you know, the Big Macs that we're here for. <laughs> they are retrieving an, uh, a container from Earth's orbit carrying Evangelion Unit 1 and its pilot, Shinji Akari. Uh, we don't... So... Uh, the thing this plot doesn't set up is like when this movie starts, you don't know that it's been 14 years. Because uh, you just pick up on Asuka and Mari who haven't aged in that 14 year time period. So you, it, it's very ambiguous about how much time has actually passed uh, until like they explain to Shinji that, hey, it's been 14 years and he gets all fucking, you know, he gets sad, you know, like Shinji does. Yeah. Um, they are retrieving Unit 1. Uh, when Asuka grabs the container with the Evangelion unit in it, it releases an attack drone. Unit 1 awakens and destroys the drone and then deactivates and descends back to Earth. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Karu is waiting, and he's been watching all of this, and he's like, I've been waiting for you, Shinji. Uh, they salvage uh, Unit 1 and get Shinji out, wake him up, and uh, immediately fit him with an explosive collar. Um... And he is sent to meet Captain Masato, uh, who is now the wheat leader of, uh, is it, is it, it's Willie? Villa. Right? Villa? Mm -hmm. Villa? Villa. Villa. Spelled W-I-L-L-E. <laughs> it's German. Um, yeah. Uh, Villa. And it's an organization set to destroy uh, Nerve. It's made up entirely, basically, of ex-Nerve people. <laughs> um, the Nerve crew, the, like, bridge crew from Nerve, they all follow Masato now, who's got a sick, who's got, like, a sick outfit. She's, she's, looks cool as hell. Um, they're basically a paramilitary group, uh, set to destroy the Evi units and kind of basically protect Earth from Nerve. As more drones attack, Masato launches their flying battleship, the Vunder, which is a um, ship that is being powered by uh, Unit 1 that has been basically, like, disassembled and, like, uh, strapped to the bottom of this thing. It's, it's cool as shit. Like, look up a picture of the Vunder, because it, it's, it's dope as hell. It also, like, carries a bunch of actual battleships around with it. It's wild. Um... They are being attacked, and she, uh, Masato warns Shinji that if he is to ever pilot an Evangelion again, uh, the, he could possibly trigger a third imp, like, the third or fourth impact or whatever, whatever impact we're on, and, uh, the, um, color will explode. While they're being attacked, uh, also, Shinji is very upset this whole period, because he finds out that he basically almost destroyed the world. Everybody's real mad at him, but no one will tell him why they're all real mad at him. And Asuka's real mad at him. And Mari is, uh, if I remember correctly, Mari is uh, flirty with him. Yeah. <laughs> so she's confusing she's Shinji uh, significantly. Um, and so when he hears the voice of Rey... He decides to go with Rey. Uh, unit uh, Zero breaks through the wall, uh, captures Shinji. Oh, no, sorry. It's not a um, it's not a Unit Zero. Sorry, it's a Unit Nine because uh, Asuka's still in Unit Two and Mari's in Unit 18. Goddamn names for these fucking things. Hmm. 
Um, Shinji escapes with the ray. Um, Masato does not have it in her to blow up the collar, and so Shinji gets away. He is brought back to Nerve headquarters where he meets Gendo, who has gone full fucking cyberpunk uh, and also has not grown a personality in the ensuing 14 years. Um, he has brought Shinji here to pilot the new Evangelion Unit 13 with uh, boy Karu. This is Karu's first. This is. So the way the movie plays it, this is Shinji's first meeting with Kaoru, but it's pretty heavily implied this is not Kaoru's first meeting with Shinji. Um, I feel like the movie is playing it that this is, in fact, the same Kaoru from regular Evangelion. Yeah. Um, though also that Kaoru seemed to also, you, you know, time is cyclical in the world of Eva. So Shinji uh, becomes really good friends big air quotes around that word with uh, Kaoru <laughs> while they practice the piano together. Um, but he soon discovers that Ray is unable to remember anything and only follows orders because this is almost certainly not the same Ray uh, because Ray is a clone and this is probably just another Ray clone. Um, Karu is the only person who like tells Shinji about third impact and he like takes him to the ruins of Tokyo three. He explains how everything happened. Um, and he also Kaoru just straight up reveals Gendo's plan to Shinji that he that Kaoru or Gendo wants to force humanity as evolution by triggering a mass extinction. But he wants to put them all in the soup. We all know what the fuck Gendo wants to do. Gendo's motivations have not changed since the original series. Gendo wants everyone in the soup. Um, he wants to like uh, he wants to do the human instrumentality shit. Um, because he wants to be reunited with Yui. Uh, Kaoru is like Kaoru is the one who puts it in Shinji's head, right? That like. But we can use the like you and me can use the two spears. It's Longinus and um, Cassius Cassius. Yeah, uh, you and I can use these spears to like basically reset the world. Right. That's what Kaoru's plan is. Or because that's what Shinji gets in his head because they neither one of them really wants to do Gendo's plan. Yeah. Um. So uh, we also talk to uh, Kazo and uh, Shinji. He basically reveals the thing that we all know because we all watch the original series that like Yui is inside of Unit 1 and Rei is one of several clones of Yui. Um, and uh, Shinji is real upset by this because Shinji's entire job is to be real upset by things in this fucking movie. <laughs> He's up. He is distraught by this and Kaoru in like a moment of like being like, you're going to we're going to trust each other. We're in this together. You can trust me uh, takes off Shinji's collar and puts it on himself. This is important for later. Uh, <laughs> Shinji and Kaoru uh, pilot unit 13 on their mission. They uh, use the spears of Cassius and Longinus um, to try to undo the third impact. Ray follows in the Mark nine. Uh, unit 13 reaches the body of the alien life form Lilith that's still, I assume, under is just chilling underneath the ground for some reason. Um, but Kaoru realizes at the like as things are happening, 
Kaoru realizes, wait a fucking second. These spears are not what I think they are. We've been duped on multiple levels. Like, like this isn't Gendo's plan. This isn't my plan. Something completely different is happening here. We're not going to re-trigger. We're not, tri- we're not finishing third impact, and we're not undoing it. We're triggering an entirely different thing. Shinji is too fucking far gone, though. Shinji is lost in the goddamn fucking sauce at this point. He's like, I'm going to undo the world. He's fighting Asuka and Mari are trying to stop him. Um, Kaoru is trying to stop him, but Shinji removes the spears, and on Gendo's order, the Mark uh, 9 decapitates the Mark 6th. Um, to release the 12th angel, which is uh, absorbed by unit 13. It gets real fucking weird, guys. Like, (laughs) it's really hard. Much like any Evangelion thing, it's a little hard to describe the plot because, like, just a bunch of nonsense words are about to happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Basically, Gendo double-crossed everybody. Um, He lied to everybody about what was happening, and he is going to trigger, instead of, like, finishing third impact or allowing Kaoru and Shinji to undo third impact. Uh, Gendo's plan is to start an entirely new thing, creating fourth impact. Um, the, once the angel sort of fuses with unit 13, they rise into the sky, starting uh, the starting fourth impact. Um, Kaoru reveals that he is the first angel uh, and that he has been cast down to be the 13th. Ray loses control over the Mark Nine, which uh, which uh, attacks the Vunder and tries to take control of the ship. Uh, Ray ejects from her unit, and Asuka blows up her own unit uh, to destroy the Mark Nine. Um, to stop the fourth impact, Mari ejects. Uh, she forcefully ejects Shinji from his cockpit of Unit Thirteen, um, while Kaoru. Uh, stabs the unit with the spears and allows the uh, and then allows the choker to kill himself much to Shinji's horror um basically they stop fourth impact kind of midway through they don't they start it but they don't stop it either uh they it we're left in a limbo period once more uh, we're in like partial third, fourth impact at this point at the end of the movie when uh, finally we come back to Shinji who's in his cockpit. The door is ejected and uh, it's Asuka who is there. She uh, lays into his ass for running away from his problems because he's a sad, sad boy and Asuka's got no fucking time for it. Um, as Asuka grabs, but she can't, even Asuka can't force herself to leave his ass behind. So she grabs him up out of the cockpit and starts trekking off with him, and Ray begins to follow them. Star wipe the end. Oh boy! Fucking a movie is what this is. Yeah, it sure is. I so this is the first of these Evangelion movies that like wildly departs from the show. Yes, I mean they set that up at the like number two wildly departs from the show as well. And the thing I kind of don't like about this, like okay, so I have a lot of weird feelings about this movie because like it feels like two point is like reduxing, like end of Evangelion, where it's like Shinji isn't forced into a thing. He is making decisions on his own. He's making decisions for, like, love and connect. Like, Shinji is fully committing to, like, making connections with other people at the end of 2.0. Yeah. 
And, but then also, and the other thing that kind of pisses me off is like, Masato is like, go do it, Shinji, go form connections with other people. And then in this movie, she's like, fuck you, Shinji, you selfish prick. And it's like, what? Where's this coming from? But yeah, I just like, I real. I understand that the bridge crew has been dealing with like a post apocalypse for 14 fucking years. They really feel like uh, un- unnecessarily prickish at the beginning of this episode or this uh, movie. Yeah, it's. So the fact I think... that no one will explain to him what happened, like he has no idea. Yeah, I think. So, like, looking at the the whole arc of it from the perspective of, you know, Shinji represents depression, like. People are sometimes going to give you the cold shoulder when you do shit that hurts them out of being depressed. Yeah. Also, Richard was the one who accidentally ended our recording because he clicked the stop button. Oops. Uh, uh, anyways. <laughs> Go on. But, sorry. <laughs> but, you know, I, I agree that from a storytelling perspective, I guess I guess it's meant to further the the concept of like Shinji trying to reach out to people but this is what happens when Shinji reaches out to people and tries to form connections and gets rebuffed mm-hmm. you know i guess kind of we're back in the hedgehog's dilemma where you know except this time Shinji is actively trying Whereas, you know, previously he was too afraid to try, but he's still getting hurt for the trying. Yeah. It just, it, it really feels like, so I like, I like the first opening action sequence. Oh yeah. I like the little vignettes, like the little glimpses at the bridge crew that we get at the, in the first third of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that Asuka and Mari are obviously married. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... But it just, it really feels like we've got to make the bridge crew really mean to Shinji so he has a reason to leave and go see Kaoru. Yeah. I can, it feels like I can we're definitely working backwards that. to that set, to that like middle third of the movie. Yeah. Because like, I feel like, I, no, I feel ahead. like this version of Shinji would be like, and they're like, Shinji, we've got to put this explosive collar on you because you caused the fucking apocalypse. So he'd be like, that's just fucked up, but okay. Like, <laughs> Like, he seems to under, when Kaoru shows him what happened, he understands what happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I I feel like the weakest part of the movie is the way that the, the Wunder crew treats Shinji. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can, I can try to stretch it with the depression metaphor as much as I want, but that still doesn't change the fact that it's definitely, like... I guess it's, you know, also meant to put Shinji in a position where, you know, he'll respond to anybody who shows him a shred of kindness. Yeah, but I mean, it just it really feels just like it's the most lazy if anyone would if two people would have a a conversation for five minutes, this problem could be solved situation. Yeah, no, because it's solved for in five minutes by two people having a conversation later in the movie. Yeah. But. No, I I don't disagree. It's it's really weak. Yeah. But 
when after Shinji leaves the Vunder, this movie gets great. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the, I the this movie does so much better with Kaoru than the show ever could. Oh yeah. Like they're 100%. like hundred percent the 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 lovingly like the lovingly animated piano duets the like his dialogue they they have a re- like these two have a real relationship in this movie as opposed to like actual Ava where uh Kaoru shows up Shinji's just confused for a long time and then he's traumatized like mm-hmm. like every other episode of Evangelion <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it. It's given their their relationship is given a little bit of room to breathe, even though I don't think that it's necessarily given more screen time per se. Like, mm-hmm. you know, well, I probably, guess it, it also benefits from the fact that we all like it's working on no knowledge already. Yeah. And I think that's I think it's inter- it's interesting that Kaoru is a character who obviously like if he isn't the same Kaoru from the main series he he retains some level of information from it or knows something about that like he's got some something Mm -hmm. yeah and you know I think I think you're right I think part of the reason why it works is because the the viewer is expected to come in with some level of of foreknowledge from the series Um, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say next. Um, I did get, um, with the lovingly animated, uh, piano sequences, I did get mild Utena vibes, but you know, it's just my want to get mild Utena vibes from things, uh, that we, we talk about on this show. Um, Gotta hit the pause button. You've activated me. (laughs) I forgot the, the other thing that I watched. And why I re-upped my VPN. Uh-huh. Uh, I wa- I, I'm fully caught up on G-Witch. Oh, uh, I need to... I, I still need to watch G-Witch. You need to watch G-Witch. You don't need to know fuck all about Gundam. Um, this show is hilarious. And it's very cute. Um, I, I'm assuming that the two girls are going to eventually like their feature you know how like when you watch an anime opening and there's like the boy and the love interest mm-hmm. you know the anime opening it's those two and so like there's boys that show interest in the main character um and she like goes on a date with a boy but like the whole time she's still be- betrothed to, to the other girl um mm-hmm. and the other girl get, seemingly gets jealous when she does it's very cute mm-hmm. um also there's like a lot of politics in this this gundam which is like Gundam is also a show that's inherently political, but like usually yeah. they're not uh, topical. Let's put it that way. Fair. Anyways, unpause. <laughs> yeah. Got got some heavy Utena vibes, like mm-hmm. some some really big Hikari Sasuniwa stuff going on with uh, Kaoru and Shinji and the piano. <laughs> Two gays um, playing piano. Hmm. Well, it, no, no, like. The, the Hikari Sasaniwa stuff wasn't wasn't two gays. That was uh, Miki and his sister. But mm-hmm. like the the importance of like music and like one character not being good at the piano necessarily, while the other character is very good at the piano and using music as a means of bonding with somebody that you care about. And you know, none of it's terribly original. 
And I'm sure Utena didn't do it first, but Utena was formative for me, so of course that's where my mind goes. No, yeah, that's fair. I can definitely see that. And I, I, the, I get, I, I can definitely understand those vibes. But, you know, of course Shinji's going to go all hard eyes over someone showing him the least bit of kindness yeah. in this it, whole thing. That's the thing. It's like it really feels like two sets of movies. Like it just really feels like the beginning of this movie doesn't doesn't make sense in the context of the ending of the last movie. Mm-hmm. But this movie makes more sense in the context of like the end of Evangelion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this feels like a sequel movie to the end of Ava, not the last movie. Because the last movie felt triumphant at the end. Like, Shinji made this choice, and he was going to re- Like, I'm I'm still not even 100%- sh- They don't really ever explain, like, how Third Impact stopped. Like, because it really felt like at the end of the last movie, Shinji- was like harnessing the power of love and connection to like for like to change the world with the like the power of the third impact you know what i mean yeah so they just don't really do a good job of being they'll explain everything like and that like normally i would be like whatever it's a sci-fi thing but this is evangelion <laughs> yeah they give you a bullshit explanation for everything i mean it's again this is I complain a lot about like, but like of these four movies, this is probably my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like I the ending is just so frustrating or the beginning is so frustrating because it's just like, just tell Shinji what the fuck is going on, you fuckers. Yeah, he's a fort like he is a 14 year old kid who has no idea what's going on. Like, of course, he's going to act weird. Yeah. All of these people that he knows are now older and treating him like shit. Yeah, of course he's going to go with with the the person that he believes is the person he saved. Like, yeah, you know it. Why? What reason does he have to believe any of you? Yeah, like Cyberpunk Gendo. <laughs> uh. Kendo's still gross. It's truly, but his 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 look is on point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, it's it's incredibly unfortunate, but you are correct. <laughs> um, I love <laughs> I love Gazo coming in and just like like hey for the audience who didn't watch the original Evangelion, here's what's up. Yeah, <laughs> like the most info dump game of fucking um. Was it uh, Shoji or Shogi? Yeah, Shogi. Yeah, just the most info dump fucking section of this movie is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh wait, we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get uh, Shinji up on this particular drama. He's got to know what's going on. Oh, the uh, visuals in this are so good, though. It's true. Like, the, I I never watched the original theatrical release, but like, like the CG. Apparently, all of the, like, literally all of the ones that are on Netflix, the 1.11, 1.22, and everything, all of them have been touched up CG-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, which, because, like, I remember, because, you know, 
it's the same quality across, even though these movies were all made from like radically different points when CG was a thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, the visuals in this movie are great. Well, I'm not even necessarily talking about like the CG stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah like all of the visuals like, are great in yeah, this movie. Yeah, the, the camera direction is just yeah. mwah. It's so good. Uh, the the Evangelion series in general has a really long and storied history of using camera angles to communicate such feelings as loneliness and isolation to great effect. Mm-hmm. And the way that the camera is used to depict like the moment of connection that Shinji has along with like how deeply distressing the information that he learns is is just really really good and just like even beyond that like the art is like when you see like the big like the has some of the greatest apocalyptic landscapes (laughs) oh god yes like tokyo 3 is like when he like tokyo 3 is revealed to shinji god is it cool as fuck even even before then, as we're going down to to uh, Nerve HQ mm-hmm. in the beginning, when when Ray is bringing him there, just like the interspersed shots that we see of of the the minimal bits of wreckage, just the the scale that those small shots communicates of the destruction that we see, and in some ways, like the military excess of well. I don't I say military excess like diegetically it makes sense that we have all of these tanks to to get wrecked mm-hmm. but you know just the the sheer volume of them that we just see in these little glimpses is phenomenal Yeah and again the mechan- like Evangelion has always had great mechanical design Mm-hmm. And it does not stop because the Vun- the Vunder is the coolest fucking ship in anime. Oh, it's so fucking cool! <laughs> I like, love the whale like, noises it makes. Right, and like just by itself, it would be pretty cool. But you add like the like fucking mobile of like literal battleships that careen around it. It's such an interesting mm-hmm. concept. Oh, it's so good. The liftoff scene is so cool because you're like, what about all the battleships? It just fucking takes them with it. Yes. And the like the fight like you know this is um you know this is Ano going like full fucking um Harlock or um other space animes whose names I can't remember. But uh huh. Sorry, I just somebody just sent me a message. Apparently there's like a producer's social that a bar runs like for music producers. Um, Hmm. But yeah, like. He. Like he is leaning really heavy into that, like uh, space opera shit. And it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Also, everybody like also, again, Fashion on point in Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that we never change Shinji's clothes. Like, he's just gonna dress like a schoolboy forever. Well, I mean, we do change his clothes, and that's a source of trauma. <laughs> it's true, I guess. 
Um, no, I, pulling back a little bit and going back to more like the personal level, I do, I do really enjoy the way that this, this movie kind of deals with like regression and progression when it comes to, you know, mental, mental health issues Mm -hmm. and the way that I feel like that kind of gets encapsulated with Shinji's relationship to his media player. Yeah. Um, because like that media player goes on a journey just like Shinji goes on a journey the, and the, frankly the toughest walkman ever built oh my god yeah <laughs> like that's a that's it's a cassette player of mm-hmm. some sort still like yeah, to I, this I've day I've looked up the actual model cuz I've contemplated buying one because they're actually really good cassette players oh my goodness um they're very expensive because, like, they don't make good cassette players anymore, and it's the one for Mava. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But, but just uh, yeah, the 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 way that the cassette player itself gets used to communicate, like where Shinji's at in you know his particular headspace, is also really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I mean, the per, like, the reason I really like this movie is because it does the personal small storytelling that frankly, like, like the, the thing that like Evangelion's good about is like balancing the bombastic into the world action and giving it like a real, real, like deeply, like micro personal stakes you know mm-hmm. and like this movie does because it's just it's a slow movie like it's a such a slow movie for so much of the movie it is like a big action scene and then like frankly like an hour of slow character drama and then 15 more minutes of big action <laughs> mm-hmm. which is great like frankly i'll eat it with a spoon like Start big, in high, great, great setup. Yeah. Oh yeah. And but but we get so much like we get to see so much of Shinji and how he's doing, and then like and then we destroy him at the end of this movie. You know, it's Evangelion. Uh, <laughs> bad things yeah. must happen to Shinji by the end of the show. Otherwise, that that's the status quo. Like yes, Homer gets a gets a new you know goes back to working at the the power plant. Shinji has emotional trauma. That's 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 just how, how it works. how it be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess the final sequence of this movie is a fucking. It's so cool to look at, and I legitimately I've watched this movie three times. I have no fucking clue what happens. Yeah, I. <laughs> I don't get it. It becomes way too many proper nouns at the end of this movie. Yeah, and I mean... Like, I get I the basic like plan the is that, like... Yeah, I like I get the basic plan is, like, Kaoru doesn't believe in Gendo's plan. Or maybe, I think, like, the way I kind of see it is, like, Kaoru is only here... He he had started this whole thing with every intention to like fuck over Gendo. I 
I think Kaoru went into business for himself. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. Or at least that's what he was trying to do. Right. And I think I think what happened is like Kaoru, because he's got like past knowledge or what have you, is like, you know what? Actually, fuck Gendo. Me and Shinji, we're going to save the world because I want to be with Shinji. Mm hmm. Um, that's all Kaoru wants to do, you know. And I think. The idea is like Gendo fourth dimensional chest Kaoru. Because yeah. I, I don't because I think the way it's explained, they don't actually have the spears of Cassius and Longinus. They have like two different like they don't have the spear of Cassius. They have a different spear. Yeah. Like, and uh, Shinji was supposed to be the insurance policy. So Kaoru is like, wait a minute. I think we've been double crossed Shinji and his uh, elevated state of emotion is like, no, we we've got to keep doing this and overriding Kaoru's. uh indecision so i mean there's definitely the element of 4d chess going on there yeah like that's a xanatost gambit xanatost not xanatost god it makes me wonder like what is the like how how multi-dimensional is gendo's plan here right like because unit one is like in a box floating in orbit at the beginning of this movie and it's never explained why (laughs) yeah um, so did like Gendo just set him out there as a trap because he knew that it would like the Vunder crew would in fact reject Shinji and then he could play on that emotional manipulation. Like how much like because Gendo's gone fucking we will find out in the next movie. Gendo has fucking gone well beyond. <laughs> yeah fair so i i think maybe i don't know i I do wonder how much like not future knowledge but like how how level of a playing field knowledge wise are gendo and kaoru actually on because i think maybe gendo's playing down how much he knows Mm. because he's uh i guess spoiler alert he's made some kind of weird eldritch fucking uh discoveries and fucked himself up real bad I know, very surprising what? for Gendo Akari. <laughs> but we won't we won't get to that until the next movie. If you could combine see, cause if the next Evangelion movie was just the first hour of that movie, it probably would be my favorite Evangelion thing ever. So if you mix if you mush it together. <laughs> like any good Evangelion thing, I only like about a third of it. But holy <laughs> shit, does that third hit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it, it the the real problem is like this movie is so for a, a movie that is an hour and a half long, it really just kind of boils down to like it's character drama. And that's what it has to say is just like it wants you to see these like it really is interested in its characters and the emotional states of those characters. Yeah. Is also kind of a setup for a fourth movie. This movie has no like plot wise. This movie is an in-between thing. Yeah, I can see that. Much like the first movie doesn't really have a like exists to set up the second movie. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. 
I think it's it's better than that first movie because that first movie really is just like the, the first, first half of Evangelion of again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't take as many wild swings as the second movie. Like our like probably my favorite of the four movies are like three, then two, then four, then one. Mm-hmm. Just because two two does some shit. Two makes decisions. Yeah. But doesn't have this great character. Like the character work in this movie is really good. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I do like like I like hard edged military like Masato and I wish we kind of had a little bit more time with the Vunder crew in this movie. We get more Vunder crew in the next movie, but like we only ever see them in crisis mode. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which is a shame. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think. And I'm not saying this just because, like, one of my first OTPs was Kaoru and Shinji, but I think that the stuff that definitely stands out to me is the Kaoru and Shinji interactions. Yeah. And how both starkly different it is in the movie versus the show and the similarities between them. Yeah, they really drilled down into, like, what worked in the series and Mm -hmm. got rid of a lot of the shit that didn't. Yeah, and replaced it with some some very good stuff. Yeah. Like, like Kaoru is about- a character who has, like, motivations and, like, wants and desires, and really he is not that in the main show. No, no. He's, he's, I hate to say that he was, like, BL bait, mm-hmm. but he was kind of BL bait right. in the show. Um, in like, it really doesn't feel like in the show when Kaoru dies, like it, it does like Shinji's reaction to it doesn't feel as earned as it does in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, yeah, in this movie it hurts. <laughs> like, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Even though you know it's coming, it's like yeah, Kaoru he's got to die. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it it hurts. It's believable. Shinji's reaction is entirely earned. Um, it's it's good shit. It's really good shit. Yeah, it's really good. I really like like this is a good movie. This is a solid movie, like except for the quibbles I have at the beginning. But honestly, if you're coming into this, and you don't really know much about Evangelion. I don't think it's as big of a deal. Yeah. It's just it's a frustrating because it's real like you're just kind of sitting there for 10 minutes being like somebody just because you also the audience have no idea what's going on, but it doesn't feel like a cool mystery. It feels like everyone's just keeping a secret from you to be a prick. Mm -hmm. Because like the first time I watched this movie, I didn't know because like I just watched all I, I, I when I wanted to watch the Ava movies um all in one go uh when the fourth one came out and then the fourth one got delayed for like years 
for various <laughs> reasons. And so finally they hit Netflix all at this or they hit Amazon at the same time. So I watched them all and I didn't know I kept myself away from all the various stuff. I knew there was a time jump, but I didn't know when that hit. And so I like I'm like I can I get that time has changed here, but I don't how much time has it been? Why? Why is everyone so mad? What happened? Like I'm because I'm thinking like. What happened? Because at the end of the last movie, like Masato was like ecstatic for Shinji reaching out to people. What changed? Plot, like reasons. That's why reasons. <laughs> reasons are why these characters are different now. Mm hmm. So I just it feels like they could easily. I feel like they could have gotten to the point of the team. They could have still had the team reject Shinji. Um, just it'd be more like less them just mad at him and more of the thing that he represents or what have you, you know? Yeah. Or it would have been honestly, I feel like it would have been better if like they had earned Shinji's trust and then he found out that they were lying to him and then he went with like. They manip. It would have been better if they just start out manipulating him like Gendo did. Yeah, yeah. That would make way more sense for this crew. You want to keep Shinji like passive because you don't know what he is capable of. So why not lie to him and create like a whole little fantasy thing? And then he finds out that you've been lying to him. And then he goes with Ray because he knows who Ray is and he has no reason to believe you anymore. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Fixed it for you, Anno. I'll be waiting for my check for Evangelion 3.0.2. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I said, there, you know, there could be, they could be trying to say something about like reaching out for the wrong reasons or, you know, doing things when you're in the throes of your your mental struggles that hurt, harm other people mm -hmm. and, uh, they, and they they tell that story but they do it way fucking better at the end of this movie yeah <laughs> like it makes sense like shinji's so like so obsessed with fixing his fixing the mistakes he made because he doesn't want to face them like, instead of accepting them and moving on, he is obsessed with fixing the problem and mm -hmm. then causes more damage there. That's a that's an interesting story, and they do a good job with it. <laughs> but the first part is just so goddamn frustrating because you don't know what's going on. Shinji doesn't know what's going on. Everyone's just being mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're not even, like, they're just mean. Like, they're not even, like, I get that they're angry, but goddamn if they're just not pricks to a 14-year-old child. Yeah. A 14-year-old child that they, in fact, helped raise. Yeah, they encouraged to do the thing that he did. Yeah. This is as much their fault. And like that could have also been cool, you know, and they get a little bit of that with Masato. But the whole rest of the bridge crew is just being a fucking assholes. Yeah. 
They're like, we can't wait to blow Shinji the fuck up. If he's that, I also if he's that dangerous, why didn't they just put a bullet in his head? Like, if you guys are so, if you're gonna treat him like a such a piece of shit the whole time, just kill him. Like, solves the problem, really. Unless Gendo's got a whole vat full of Shinjis, which he very well may have. Who knows? Yeah. He's like the fucking uh, rusty venture with uh, <laughs> clones of his wife and his child. Right, exactly. <laughs> Does that make, uh, that makes uh, Kazo uh, Brock Sampson, I guess? Yes. Well, that's Evangelion. Jesus. I don't know. Do you got anything else? Um, Let's talk let about Mari for a second because I love her. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we can talk about Mari for a second, but mm. I'm I'm torn because she's so clearly a fan service character. Oh, yeah. She definitely is. Like, I'm not here to I'm not here to deny it. Uh, I do. I just the one of the things where I want more interactions with the crew of the Vunder at this point in time is because I kind of just want to see like more of whatever this thing that Mari and Asuka have going on is. Yeah, I I am so curious about what this is and how it came to be. Yeah. Um. But again, it's just like. And the thing is, like, I love Megane characters like. Mari should be fan service for me, but like with a lot of the fan service in Evangelion, it just makes me go. Uh. Yeah, it's because it. Well, the the thing is, is like, because then you remember this particular movie starts like a. It's different in the next movie, but they really are just like, oh, they're not actually fourteen years old in this movie. You know what I mean? Uh, which is another thing that makes me go. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Like it's real fucking. Uh, um. The the only the only one and and this is another another place where you can go ahead and trigger the self destruct collar. Okay. Um. The only instance I've seen of they're not really, uh, you know, children that I liked was in the Anita Blake series where they talk about turning vampires when they're children being so anathema. In part because of what it does to the child's psyche to grow up, but not grow up. Oh, we're talking about and like an interview with a vampire, the little girl vampire. Yeah, but I didn't even that one. I did not like that characterization as much as I enjoyed the one in the Anita Blake universe where it explicitly calls out like the the damaging ways in which it changes your relationship to violence mm-hmm. when you don't go through puberty um and you don't get the you know the the changes you know the the changes to your brain that happen with puberty and like your brain growing and maturing and the the way that that affects like your impulse control and stuff yeah um, that's really the only time I've, I've really enjoyed the, well, they're not really children because they kind of are and that's fucked up. Yeah. Or the, like, I also kind of like it in an interview with a vampire because like it's traumatizing to them because they do grow up, but they can't, they can't societally shake the idea. Like they're, they're so 
obsessed with like what the fuck am i you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, it's traumatizing because i'm an adult trapped in a child's body and how fucked is that <laughs> Like, I don't get to grow up. I don't get to have any, like, you know, it's one thing to be trapped as a 20-something for the rest of your life, but it's, you know, it's never to be trapped as, like, a teenager. Mm-hmm. Buh. Um, apparently that's also how Vampire the Masquerade hand, like, the Anita Blake style is how Vampire the Masquerade handles, like, kid vampires. Yeah, I... <sighs> It's been so long since I've actually played Vampire that mm. I don't recall that. But they don't, I don't think they talk about it in any of the main manuals. It's just in some expanded material. Because, mm. like, it probably doesn't come up in your average Vampire the Masquerade campaign. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I do. I personally like Mari. I think she's fun. Um. I think she I definitely yeah. I definitely think whatever she's got going on with Asuka in this movie is is very interesting slash entertaining. Mm-hmm. But I just I'm always side eyeing fan service characters, even if they are fan service that that could potentially be aimed at me. Yeah, that's fair, especially from Otto, who has a terrible track record with this. Though I guess maybe I don't know because it really feels. Oh no! I would say never mind. I'm taking it all back. I'm gonna stop all that because I remembered the second, like I remembered the second Evangelion movie with that god awful plug suit that Oscar wears. <laughs> I'm like, oh, never mind. Fucking get back in the bin, Ano. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I was going to attribute things to Studio Trigger, who are also a bunch of fucking creepos. Um, but then I remembered that he also did that just independent of them. I'm like, oh yeah, never mind. Get back in the bin, you motherfucker. How'd you get out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's so much stuff about Evangelion that in, is intended to make you uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. it's also, I feel really easy to tell the difference between what's intended to make you uncomfortable and the uncomfortable fan service. Yeah. Cause they're going to do some stuff with Asuka in the next movie. That could be fan servicey, but the way that she's carrying herself has this thing where you're like, oh, you're supposed to be like, the, like, I understand what they're doing with her in that ne- that next movie. Like, it's it, it you know, it, anime is sometimes terrible, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they do like a thing where like, you know, she's like partially closed. But the, the feeling I always get from that section, well, I guess we'll talk about that in a few months um, is just like I get that, like, oh, the, I think the fact that she's walking around is because she's so disconnected and dis, disconnected from her the idea of her body. And also, like, Asuka's probably, like, Asuka, we know from the original show, she's just crippling depressed all the fucking time, too. Uh, yeah. And so, like, it, it really feels like that mode. Because, you know, like, in the show, when she, like, runs off by herself and she's just, like, not taking care of herself aggressively. Mm-hmm. It just feels like we're back into that mode. Asuka with an eye patch though looks great. Oh yeah, huge upgrade. Asuka's Asuka's great in this movie. Yes. I love Asuka being like, "I don't have a crush on you anymore, Shinji." That was fourteen years ago, and now I kind of hate your guts for real, real. <laughs> Not just for play, play. <laughs> 
like I can understand like it, if Oscar was irrationally angry at Shinji, I get that. <laughs> uh, but I just don't get the rest of the crew being so weird with him. Also, Oscar just being mad at Shinji is again. We're back in the we're back in the status quo of Evangelion. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. All right. Let's see. Just making sure I don't have any more interesting notes. So do we think that Asuka and uh, Mari have like an active thing or if you, do you is this a thing that like Asuka, or on is again, Asuka, off again, on again, off again. And Asuka's pretending it doesn't happen every time they're off again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like 100 percent on again, off again. I can't tell if they're on or off. But it's definitely the sort of thing that just keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And nobody on the Wunder calls attention to it because otherwise that's just an invitation to get your ass kicked. Right. Asuka will break your nose. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, because uh, Mari calls her princess, right? Uh, princess, or uh, it, I watched the dub, mm-hmm. uh, and in the dub it's your highness. Your highness, Okay. But I don't know what it is in Japanese because I didn't watch the Japanese. I think I think it's princess, but also they might just be trans like that might just be the subtitles translation of like a very similar word talk, like denoting sort of similar things. Well, it could be she's saying Asukahime, but mm-hmm. I don't know because yeah. I didn't watch the Japanese version. I when I, I watch it in Japanese because I just like the. For what, to be perfectly honest, I watched the movies in Japanese because it doesn't have this, the, the voice cast from the show. So it's easier for me to, like, my brain doesn't go, that's not what they sound like um, <laughs> if I listen to the Japanese voice cast. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't, but I also, when I listen, I'm reading that movie. I'm not really, I'm listening for like tonal inflection. I'm not listening to the word, actual words. Um, yeah, I just so I, I couldn't know, take notes yeah. and read subtitles at the same time. No, that's so. fair. Yeah, it, I can only do it, frankly, because it's the second time I watched this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but she may be saying Asuka Hime, which, which you could probably translate as either thing, I think. Yeah, I mean, Hime, Hime is literally princess, mm-hmm. but, you know, with the the allowing for translation and stuff i could see why you would translate it as your highness you can also put so much more you can put so much more emphasis on it and that the voice actor for mari really does uh because uh-huh. i've heard her her english voice act and it's really like your like she you can do so much more with the words your highness i feel like <laughs> yeah no uh she does like i said it's on again off again i can't tell if it's on or off during the course of of this mm-hmm. but There. There's there's definitely something going on. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because they're like the only two people who fucking understand what the fuck is happening to each other. Yeah. But it is just very <laughs> there's just so much energy there between the two of them. <laughs> it's so much. Uh, It's good, though. Like I like like it's a uh, it's one of those things where it's like the ship happens. You're like, nah, yeah, this makes sense. Like, it's bad. This is a bad ship. Yeah. Uh, this isn't healthy for either one of them, but I get it. 
Who cares about healthy? It's fun. <laughs> yeah, this is Evangelion. There's nothing. There is no healthy. Uh, speaking of unhealthy ships, there's one in Andor, August. <laughs> God, it's so oh bad. It's like rancid, and I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm garbage, so I'll probably love it too. Yeah, but... it's just through really bad people who who are really, really bad for each other. Oh, that's And also, so good. like, it's got some, it's got such the worst vibes, August. Like, it is rancid garbage, and I am obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain it to you All after, right. uh, but yeah. Yes. It's because I don't want to ruin people on, on Andor, because they should be watching Andor like you should be watching Andor. Yes. Um, all right. I think that's Evangelion. I think so. I Good movie. Like, honestly, eight, eight out of ten. Yeah, it was it was very enjoyable. If it was more of the middle section of this movie, it could be very close to a ten out of ten. Yeah. But the be- that's OK, though, if every hot dog were perfect or every if every pork chop were perfect, we wouldn't have hot dogs. That's true. It's just like it's because the beginning is so frustrating and the ending is such nonsense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I there's just they're just shouting nouns. It's like you haven't explained anything that's happening here. Um, that's not the point. Yeah, the I point know. is they're coasting on vibes. True. But also the fight isn't as like cool as the ending fight from the last movie where Asuka is just like just fucking oh uh, does Asuka go beast mode in this movie yes yeah it's yes, so that's the sickest feral. shit it's the it's sickest so shit good. it's so good <laughs> Asuka going full angel or whatever is so cool I love it when Asuka goes ape shit uh does Mari do it as well no. Okay. She can do it too. That's obvious. Like that's what's wrong with them. They're all. They're both basically like part angel now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think no. Uh, I think Mari goes feral in the last movie. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm thinking of. Because I think she goes feral in uh, 2.0. Because but then also her mech gets completely fucked. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Fucking Mari cannot keep a mech for like more than four fucking seconds. Yeah, that sounds right. Like she definitely is just like she's just like, yep, all right, moving on. All right. All right. I think I think it's time. Yep. Well, wait, wait, what time is it? So because of the fact that I was raised during the 90s, uh-huh. any, anytime someone asks me what time is it, mm-hmm. my immediate, immediate knee-jerk response is always tool time. Oh, yeah, me too. I literally <laughs> thought that after I said that. <laughs> Thank God. We've been infected by Tim Thank Allen. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you said it's like tool time. It, it's time as though like I'm I'm expecting. Am I supposed to make an announcement? <laughs> No, okay. we're supposed to end the podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, I need okay. To, we need to end the podcast so I can get drunker about my stupid fucking state. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I just like you said it in such a way that I was like confused and I thought because, uh, okay, so audience, I don't remember if I said this in the last recording, but 
once when we next week when we start Steven Universe Future, I will tell you what we're doing after Steven Universe Future. Um and I thought that maybe you had gotten confused and I was supposed to make that like that I was and I thought I was confused like oh no. wait did I say I was going to make that announcement this time around? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, also, uh, next week I'll post or next recording I'll post up our our uh, sick art for season for season six. Lou Hell Lou fucking knocked yeah. it out of the park as always. Alrighty. <sighs> Whose turn was it again? Um, I think it was mine. I think it is yours. Yeah, because it was Hamish last time. But I think before yes. that it was me. Yes. Well, take Wait, it away. I think I pinned that message. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's me. <laughs> um. Oh, I guess. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> you guys know what we're doing. We're doing all our shit. We're always doing the same shit. Yeah, it's, we haven't started. It's any all new the shit. same. Yep. I won't start anything new until the first of the year, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in that case, dear listeners, I encourage you to be like Cookie Cat and start an apocalyptic event because you are in love with a clone of your mother. Peace. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring moves like in other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You.